0: My name is Andrew Tate, and this is Season 1, Episode 18 of Let's Not Meet, a True Horror Podcast. guest this week is jeremy collins of the podcasts we listen to podcast i was recently on his show and did an interview wherein we came to the conclusion that he should probably come on my show and tell a couple of stories as well as he's a very good storyteller and he has a wonderful voice and his help couldn't have come at a better time i'll be out for vacation this weekend so i didn't have a lot of time to put together a full episode myself i'm happy to have his help and i hope you enjoy this episode of let's not meet I was 11 years old at the time. I was living in an apartment situated on a street with ongoing construction. Needless to say, they often tapped into the electric supply and the power fluctuated quite a bit. Therefore, the streetlights often served no real purpose, especially in the winters when evening dawned on us with pitch black darkness. This is relevant, keep it in mind. From what I remember, It was a weekend I was supposed to spend at my friend's house. For an 11-year-old me, this was an exciting prospect, having been loaded with schoolwork the entire week. I was to spend what I believe to be a Friday night sleeping over and spending the entirety of the Saturday at her bungalow. What made it even better was the fact that her parents had an event they could not avoid and therefore trusted us to stay alone and their two-floor house for the entirety of the six hours that they were gone back then the idea of spending the whole night alone with my friend was great no interference and a whole six hours of games and movies on their huge tv as it turns out my friend had other ideas i arrived at her house just short of 8 p.m it was already pretty dark out and her parents had waited for me to arrive before telling us about emergency contacts, dinner, and such. They also reminded us to get their four-year-old Labrador inside as the weather was acting up and his kennel had a few loose panels which leaked when it rained. This is also an important fact to be noted. After they left, we watched a few cartoons, had dinner, and were chilling in her living room playing cards. That's when my friend Sid had the ingenious idea of exploring a plot of land a few hundred meters down the road that she resided on. There wasn't any construction happening in there, so what little of that area didn't have shambles was overgrown with plants and weeds. We got the dog inside, leashed it to its long chain that allowed it to roam within reason, got the keys, and left the house to make the short 10-minute trip. At this point, it was about 10 p.m., In retrospect, this is where we still had a chance to avoid this particular encounter, but being the curious and daring 11-year-olds that we were, we ventured anyways. Rather uneventfully, we arrived and set to climbing over a two-meter wall. Luckily for us, the wall was broken enough in places to make good holds to carry us over. Once inside, Sid suggested that we sit a few meters away from each other, For as long as we could till one of us got too scared to do so. We faced each other and walked backwards till there was just enough light to see the general silhouette of each other. After what seemed like, to me, maybe a good ten minutes, I saw Sid's hunched-over form start to walk towards me. She seemed to be walking rather fast, in a haphazard manner, jumping over rocks and such at a daring pace even getting cut by some thorns in the process. She came up to me, and just as I was about to laugh and call her out for being scared, she told me to get up because we needed to go feed the dog. I remember being very confused because her parents had already filled his bowl with food and he had a water apparatus that he could operate in case he was thirsty, but I saw her face. And let me just say I've never seen her this pale. She looked like she had just seen a ghost, so without asking questions, I said okay, and we made our way back over the wall, albeit in a tense manner, and rather quickly. The moment my feet touched the ground, I felt Sibb grab my arm, and straight up start sprinting down the street. To put things into perspective, I had a bruise from the way that she grasped me for two weeks straight. So, we ran like hell. We ran like somebody was chasing us. We arrived at her house and went in through the front yard fence gate, a towering metal gate without bars, and she told me to unlock the front door while she deadbolted the metal gate. At this point, I was starting to panic, but we got into the house and Sid proceeded to run around the house locking and closing all possible windows and doors, as well as pulling the curtains shut. I was very confused as to why she did this, And so was her dog, who stood there and followed her around while she did so. After about ten minutes, she came back into the ground floor living room and, with a very scared expression, explained to me that the reason that we did all of that was because while we were sitting apart, she happened to glance away a few meters to the right and she saw another human silhouette crouching in the bushes. She thought she was just imagining it until it moved closer to where I was sitting and seemed to be unaware that my friend was watching them. So she did not want to startle me or the person and made up having to feed her dog as an excuse to get out of there without alerting the person still crouching there. After hearing this, I was quite shaken and we hugged for a few minutes, deciding not to tell our parents as they had very much warned us not to go out of her compound. We did not want this to be the last of our time alone together, having fun, and so we peeked out the window into the street, which seemed to be empty as far as we could see, and proceeded to put it behind us as the excitement took over our minds once again. Now I would love to say that that was the end of it, but what happens next has stuck with me until today. To give you an idea of the layout of her compound, her house was surrounded by two sides of lawn, and the lawn was surrounded by a wall some two and a half meters high. The wall had one entrance, which were the tall metal gates I talked about previously. The house itself had windows all around the perimeter, as well as two potential entrances. The first being the front door, while the second being a door to this small attached space next to the house, which was made of see-through metal. Like the kind which metal fences are made of but stronger this space had a metal door with a lock only accessible from the inside as well as a door which was on the wall this space was attached to inside of the space however the door only had a deadbolt and was made of light wood so an hour or so into the incident We were upstairs, in her air-conditioned room, playing games on her computer, and talking about whatever it is 11-year-olds talk about, when we heard the dog bark downstairs. It was growling, and seemed to bark at random intervals. Keep in mind that her dog was a friendly Labrador, who rarely ever growled or barked aggressively. My friend went to get the dog, and after she returned, she informed me that the dog was standing near the front door, growling at it, and... It took her quite a bit of effort to get him upstairs, as he kept trying to go back there. We were really confused, as this was unusual for him to do, and thinking that a stray dog may have caught his attention, we decided to go onto the balcony attached to her room that gave us a view onto the front lawn and part of the street directly in front of the house. Instead of seeing what we assumed would be a stray dog or cat, we looked down to see a person standing very still in her lawn, and in front of her door. In the limited light, we could make out a heavy layer of muddy-looking clothes and a head full of hair that looked very matted. The dog was with us on the balcony and was whining to be let outside. We crouched in her balcony, and right as we were about to discuss what we should do, we heard what sounded like the front door rattling as if someone was trying to open it with the handle we creeped back downstairs only to realize that this person had now moved onto the window next to the door and was trying to open that. The realization hit that he was trying to find an entrance into the house by going around the perimeter. Just as we were about to creep back upstairs, my friend grabbed me again and in a hushed tone told me that she had forgotten to lock the attached space door in her hurry before. We both looked at each other and paled as we realized that it would gain the intruder easy access into the house as the inner door had nothing but the deadbolt. At this point, we heard the windows rattling behind the house, nearly three-quarters of the way, back to the front again. The attached space door was a few meters away from the front door, and we were lucky that he had chosen to go around to the other side. She told me to wait by the inner door with the dog while she went outside and bolted the metal door. She then informed me, to close the door as soon as possible when she returned, and that if she was caught to let the dog outside and to close the inner door as discreetly as possible as not to give myself away. We were both terrified, and since we had no time to argue about it, I stood guard at the inner door while she went to the outer door, fumbled with the lock, and returned inside practically running as quietly as she could. We closed the inner door, and just as we heard the outer door rattle harshly, Had she not gone out there, there was a big chance that we would have no choice but to hide in her house had he found his way in. After, he tried opening all of the doors and windows, which took a while as he was doing it quite intently and forcefully. We found our way back upstairs and went back onto her balcony to see if he had gone away as we stood near the foot of the stairs for a while, listening for any further activity. As we looked down, we saw him. Again, standing in her front lawn, however, this time we could see his head was tilted back, and it felt like he was looking right at us. However, we knew it was far too dark for him to be able to spot us. He then started giggling in the quiet of the night and proceeded to go down on all fours, crawling around the lawn in front of the house while his laughter grew. In retrospect, We should have called the authorities at this point, but being terrified 11-year-olds that we were, we did not want to get in trouble for not even being able to follow simple instructions. He did this for nearly half an hour, only to stand up once again facing the street and then climb over the top of the kennel in the corner up onto the wall and over it jumping down. We stood still on her balcony waiting to see if he would return, but an hour or so passed, where he didn't, and that was the last we saw of him the entirety of the night, till around 2am when her parents returned. The next morning, they were very confused as to why all the doors and windows were closed on such a pleasant night, and why there was mud on the front doorknob. We said we just wanted to play in the dark inside of the house, lying about the actuality of the situation. And to this day, I do not think the man has been caught. So, creepy front lawn guy, let's not meet.
1: This actually happened to me today, and it felt like something I should share here as a caution to others. I live in a small city not too far from Edmonton, and recently there has been a series of armed robberies happening in and around the area. It made me wary about walking alone at night, so I found myself home at night more often than usual. It's not the worst, but I dislike having this feeling of unease. But I manage and make do. So today, my dad and his girlfriend were invited out to a party, meaning I had the whole house to myself. I pretty much had the evening planned out watch some episodes from my favorite soap opera, then switch over to some classic horror films. So I said bye to them as they left, and quickly loaded up the TV. It was not long after I had started up the horror movie that I heard a knock at the door. It wasn't a regular knocking. If my TV had been any louder, I probably wouldn't have been able to hear it. Thinking it was nothing at first, I went over to the door without pausing the movie just to confirm. But to my surprise, there was someone at the door. I opened the door and there stood a slim man. He looked to be in his mid thirties, and that's all I can pretty much say. I'm not the best when it comes to describing people, and I didn't really go out of my way to analyze him at the moment. I couldn't even tell you if his jacket was gray or black. The man said he represented a security company and was going around my area to offer his company's services. He asked if the owner of the house was home, to which I told him no, and that he would not be home until late. He then began giving me some quick information about his company. That it was the only one that was locally funded, that it's already being used in several homes on my street, and that it's smart device friendly. He even showed me a laminated piece of paper that displayed all the different devices that could work with the security system. I told him that we weren't interested in having a security system at this time. He proceeded to ask me if my family left the house for long trips, which would be a great reason to get the security system. Looking back now, this was a huge red flag, but I answered honestly that the house was almost never empty and that we never really went on trips. I also added that he could speak to my dad tomorrow if he was coming back. He told me that his team would be leaving to another city tomorrow, thanked me for my time, and then left. I went back to my movie and pretty much forgot about the visitor. Movie finishes, I decide to check my Facebook to glance the buy and sells. Near the top of my feed is a shared post that caught my eye immediately. What I read next made me completely freeze up. It was from a woman who had talked to a representative from the exact security company I had been advertised. This guy knocked on her door softly too, which immediately caught my attention. She noted how the guy never gave his name or business card. Something I didn't even realize happened to me until I thought back on it. Overall, she was very suspicious of the guy, so she asked he wait outside as she got some pen and paper to write down his phone number. When she returned, he was gone. The next-door neighbor told her that they saw the man running down the road and into an alley. But the biggest fact this woman dropped? She contacted the security company. It does actually exist. And they told her they didn't send anyone out to this city to go door to door. This shared post is blowing up, and it seems that it occurred to a lot more people than just me. Some people even showed video from their security cameras of these quote unquote employees. There's definitely more than one person pretending to work for this company, one even being a woman and a lot of strange activity being reported. One person going into the backyard without permission, another person standing in front of the house like they're scoping it out. Knowing all of this now, it makes the entire encounter with this guy at my door terrifying. Was he scoping my house too? Would he have tried something if I didn't answer? I also wonder... Was he hesitant to try anything because I didn't pause my movie? For all he knew, I could have had a friend over. Luckily, nothing serious happened for the rest of the night. But, I will be extremely cautious from now on. If there's one thing I would advise, be suspicious of anyone you don't know that comes to your house. Just because someone says they work for a company doesn't make it true, you don't know who they are or what they might actually want from you.
0: I don't remember exactly how old I was. I remember definitely being in elementary school, probably around fifth grade. My mom and I loved to go to Disneyland. We live about an hour's drive away and had annual passes. One of my mom's favorite rides was the Tower of Terror, which was very scary for me because of the drops. Right in the middle of the ride, there is a little area for fast passes. And for anyone who isn't familiar, they're just small machines where you can get passes to skip the line. This is where I would wait for my mom while she went on the ride. There's always a worker there, plus many others viewing from the distance, and I had one of those flip phones in case I got lost. As I'm sitting there, I hear the worker behind me talking to a man, asking him to move out of the fast pass area since they were closing them for the day. The man walked out and sat next to me. He was about 18 to 20 years old. He asked beforehand if I would mind if he sat next to me, to which I said no. I didn't think anything of it, and there was plenty of space between us. Now, I was a very friendly kid, so naturally, I was going to start conversation with him while we waited. When I turned, he was already looking at me. He stuck out his hand, offering to shake hands with me, and gave me his name, which was Light. I introduced myself to him, and we began to talk. As the conversation went on, he scooted closer to me again. I didn't think anything of it, because we were still pretty far apart. I figured he just wanted to be able to hear me better. It was a relatively normal conversation, asking where I was from, my hobbies, and how old I was, etc. That is, until he asked, Do you have a phone? What's your phone number? Luckily, I had my phone in my bag, so I just told him that I was too young for one. He followed up with this question. Are you ticklish? Remember, I'm tiny, a fifth grade girl and he just told me he's 19. I froze and felt all of the adrenaline rushing into my body as he proceeds to grab and squeeze very high up on my thighs and the sides of my stomach. That lasted for about five seconds until I saw my mom, which prompted me to get up and run to her. I walked up, and she looked very mad and annoyed. She was looking past me, and from behind me I heard, "'Hi, I'm Light.' He shook hands with my mom. I was wondering if I could spend the rest of the day with you guys. My mom said no, and he walked away. I began to bawl my eyes out to her. She explained the reason why she looked so angry is because when I was a little kid, I used to invite people over to our house to hang out with us, so she assumed that I had done it again. I didn't tell her about him touching me until I began high school, which I definitely should have, but for some reason I had the idea in my head that I would have been in trouble if I would have told her. So, creepy Disneyland man, let's not meet again.
1: Okay, so this is a story about the strangest birthday I've ever had. For context, I'm from Germany, and the legal age to drink here is 16 for beer and wine, and 18 for liquors. So on the day I turned 18, me and my best friend decided to go out to our nearest city to grab some drinks at a local bar that's quite popular. But since it was a Tuesday night on school summer break, there weren't that many people around so we just enjoyed spending time together, meanwhile sipping some margaritas. All of a sudden, the waitress, who I actually kind of know because she previously graduated the school I went to, comes up to us saying two men want to buy us a drink, pointing at a table at the other end of the outdoor section. At the time, it was around 10 p.m., and even though it was midsummer, It started to get dark, so we didn't really see what the guys looked like at first. We just thought, Yeah, fuck it, why not? And went over to thank them. At this time, I recognized that they were a younger-looking guy, in his early to mid-twenties max, and a middle-aged man that was obviously already intoxicated. The younger guy, let's call him Tom asked us to take a seat, and since he seemed like a nice guy that wanted to chat, we agreed. So as we were talking, getting to know each other a bit, I noticed the older guy intensely staring at me, like he didn't even blink. I looked at him as I noticed him, and it was then that he said, How old are you? You look so beautiful. Do you even know how beautiful you are? I told him I had just turned 18, laughed it off, clearly being uncomfortable, and thanked him for the compliment, since I knew he was clearly drunk and tried to change the topic. As we were talking about life in general, Tom tells us that the older guy is actually his neighbor who is currently going through a divorce, and so he wanted to distract him with a night out. We thought it was sweet of him to help this guy going through a hard time. Then he mentions that his neighbor is an architect, encouraging him to maybe talk about his interesting profession rather than creeping out on a freshly 18-year-old. Because at this point, he was constantly interrupting our conversation to tell me kind of inappropriate things, like how sexy and special he thought I was. Then the conversation turned dark, real quick. The guy started to talk about how he doesn't seem to have any sense in life anymore and that he just wanted to kill himself. I also struggled a lot with depression since I was a child, so I wasn't super freaked out. I was more like feeling sad for the guy and tried to calm him a little while texting my best friend that was sitting just next to me on how we can maybe get out of that situation. But then he said, I can't. I just want to end it. I have a knife on me right now. I'm going to do it right now. Threatening his life, kind of begging us to tell him a reason to not just fucking commit suicide right in front of us. Tom, at this point, just started to apologize and try to calm him down. It didn't really work. I mean, I felt sad for the guy, but... We had just met him maybe an hour and a half ago, and you never know what an intoxicated man that claims he has nothing to lose and that also carries a knife on him is capable of. Me and my best friend, being scared now, come up with the plan over text to fake a call from some male friend of ours we wanted to meet up with. So she changed my name and her phone quickly to a guy's name, And I called her while hiding my phone in the pocket of my vest. And let me tell you, this bitch performed the most realistic fake phone call I have ever witnessed. So good, actually, that for a moment I was like, wait, is she really calling me or does she find a friend to call? At this point, the man is just begging us not to go making us even more uncomfortable. But we just apologized for ourselves, and as we were about to leave, Tom asked me for my number. I wanted to leave quickly, so I gave him my number, which he called immediately to make sure it was legit, of course. But I blocked him right after he texted me. If you'll ever read this, Tom, I'm sorry. You seemed like a really sweet dude. But this night was just not it, chief. Me and my best friend still kind of joke about it to this day, how quickly from zero to a hundred it went that night, and how we were definitely not prepared for this. Nothing happened to us that night, but it was very frightening nonetheless. Stay safe, ladies and gentlemen, because even though nothing happened to us in particular, you never know what people are capable of. So, to the middle-aged man who threatened to kill himself on my 18th birthday, let's not mean...
0: This happened to me when i was about seven years old it always sends chills down my spine when i think about it i grew up in a very christian home where we literally went to church three days a week sunday for normal church wednesday for small groups kids and youth nights or a prayer night and friday praise and worship and potluck dinner everyone was pretty close we weren't a huge church but a good-sized church I went to this church from the age of two up until I was an adult and decided the church just wasn't for me anymore. So I grew up side by side with a bunch of kids. We had the it-takes-a-village-to-raise-a-child kind of closeness. It wasn't unusual for parents to carpool kids to and from church when their parents couldn't make it. So anyway, this takes place on a Friday night. Everyone was done with praise and worship, so we went to the cafeteria, which was in another building completely detached from the main church. My parents had a little brother. My parents had my little brother who was special needs and he was done with the day. I didn't want to go home just yet. I still wanted to hang out with my best friend, so I asked if I could get a ride home with Kelly's parents. They both agreed that it was okay, so I stayed. Once we were all done eating, the parents usually stayed afterwards, just talking for what felt like an eternity, so it wasn't unusual for kids to be playing outside during this time, whether it be freeze tag, hide and seek, or just hanging out outside. It started to get very dark, and the kids started leaving with their parents. I turned around, and I couldn't find Kelly. I figured she was inside with her parents, or maybe also looking for me. At this time, I decided to go inside to see where her parents were. Then out of the corner of my eye, I see a car. I see a man waving and smiling at me. It looks just like Kelly's dad. He was a carpenter and would go to my house many times to do work on the house, He was one of my dad's closest friends, so naturally I waved back and think, oh, he must be bringing the car around to pick us up. I started walking towards the car. Hmm, doesn't really look like Kelly's car. But it didn't raise any red flags because parents buy cars all the time. This car doesn't look new, though. Still, I continue to walk. I start to see this man's face clearly as he opens the passenger door. Holy shit, you're not my dad's friend. I turned around and ran as fast as I could. As soon as I run, I hear this man stomp on the gas and speed away. I go inside scared, and my friend is just sitting at the table with some of the kids waiting for the last remaining parents to wrap it up and go home. She asks me where I was, and I told her what had happened. At that time, I don't think she really realized what could have happened to me, as she just shrugs and starts complaining about how her parents have been talking to the pastor forever. I got home, went to my room, and thanked God, I made it to my bed. Creepy man, who is not my dad's friend, let's never meet again. Although now, at 23, I doubt I'm your type. You sick fuck. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of let's not meet a true horror podcast this week you have heard a sleepover story by scarlet ripper you never know who can knock on your door by speed duel the creep at disneyland by i rule you e. drool middle-aged man threatened to kill himself on my 18th birthday by apothecate wait you're not my friend's dad by bitty kitty 666 Thanks to Jeremy Collins for appearing on the episode this week. If you'd like to hear podcasts we listen to, visit podcastwelistenedto.libson.com. Don't forget, I'll be performing live uh, at the Stab Comedy Festival in Sacramento, California on June 2nd at 2pm for this year's Sacramento Podcast Festival. Visit sacpodfest.com for more information. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Let's Not Meet.